is, is encouraging the church, is encouraging the believers to build what has been lapsed in their life. And, and the message comes along with, we read the book of Nehemiah, and we see how in the book of Nehemiah, uh, you know, how uh, you know, Nehemiah encourages the people to come back to the city, to come back and build the ruin, build the broken walls. And we see, we read through the book of Ezra, and you come across the same portion. Ezra wants to build the life of people. Nehemiah wanted to build the broken walls of the city and the walls around. So Nehemiah had a different role as he played in the life of Israel. Ezra had a role that he wanted to build the life of people. Haggai and Zechariah wanted not just that, but altogether they focused on building of the temple of God Almighty. So when people, the Israelites, they went on Babylonian captivity. I'm not going on a history lesson right now. Real quick on the background here. Babylonian captivity was, was very harsh on these people for 50 years. And after that, you know, King Cyrus from Persia came and rescued them, released them. They are free people right now. And, you know, around 50,000 of the Jewish people came back, uh, uh, crossed over 900 miles and came back to their promised land and now they are given a mandate of building up what was lost into the Babylonian period. And so they come back again and that's where you see the story of Nehemiah who encourages the people to build. Let's come together, bring all our forces together, all hands on deck, let's build together. And you see while when Nehemiah is building, there are some groups of people, the, 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 you know, the Samaritans and the Philistines who come against him and they, they accuse him, they, they tell him harsh words and they tell him, you can't do anything because you have no ability to do things. You guys were in exile, you have no skills to build anything whatsoever. Nehemiah doesn't give up. He continues the building process and he starts building. And again, you know, you, when, you, when we read through Haggai and Ezra, you see that, you know, the Bible helps us to understand the different leaders that God used in the life of the life of Israel were used to build some building aspects of their entire country. So Nehemiah wanted to build the, 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 the broken, ruined, run-down walls to secure the land. And you see, Haggai wanted to build the, 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 the temple of God. Zechariah wanted to build and, and build, build it much better what was in the Solomon's time. He wanted to build the temple of God. And you see, after right after that, you see another portion where you know, this guy comes up and he wants to build the life. Ezra wanted to come and build the life of, of the Israelites there. As we read through the portion here, we come to the understanding. And today I want to bring my message title as, you know, it's... It's about time that we understand. It's about time. It's about time that we get to know the clear picture of what God wants us to do. So in through the stories, I'm going to read. I'm going to read through uh, uh, Haggai chapter 1 verse 2. This is how it goes. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house. Haggai chapter 1 verse 2 is a beautiful verse which talks to us about how painful the life of the, the people and the leaders were because people are right now fell into a complacency situation and they don't want to do what their forefathers had asked them to do. They are liberated from the Babylonian captivity and they are in Israel to build the broken walls. There's a mandate over the people to build what was destroyed. There's a mandate over the people to build what was you know, completely run down and destroyed by fire by the Babylonians. But here's a group of people over the period of time. What happened is because the Samaritans and the Philistines came and started accusing them, they lost all of their hope to build what God has asked them to do. Are you with me? 
Have you ever, you know, as project managers, some of you all, we work as project managers in different areas, or we are leaders in different capacities in different places where God has allowed us to do. You know, something about me is if, uh, if, I, if I delegate something to people, I don't like to micromanage, but I give them a that deadline. I give them a time. And when the time is up, I may ask them, hey, are we done with it? Like, are we done with it? And this is the same portion we see in the portion here. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to ask you how many people have, you, you get frustrated when you have given a deadline and people don't make it. Are you with me? That you give them, hey, you know what, two years, you know, let's give two years for you to build this. And you give the man, money to the contractor, you give all the, all the blueprint and everything, and he has not yet done it. And every time you meet with him, he brings a new blueprint to, uh, you know, make more excavations and for, make you pour in more money into what was building on. And the same story you see because of the accusations and, and, and people started controlling him from different places. What happened is the, the, the Ezra and Haggai or the people that wanted to build the life of people and build the temple of God, they could not succeed. So they lost 15 to 18 years. 15 to 18 years was lost because they gave up all of their hope in building what God has asked them to do. And as we read through that book, you know, we understand the Haggai chapter 1 verse 2. This is what the Lord says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of God. I remember a story. Y'all okay with a story today? I remember a story where once a mom was asking his son, Hey, you know what? Get up early in the morning. Help me with the dishes. And the son said, Mom, my time has not yet come. And he said, he didn't say mom. He said, woman, my time has not yet come. And the mom was a typical old penty mom. She said, boy, if you don't listen to me, I don't care what Jesus said in the New Testament, but you will receive the hand of my justice right now. <laughs> Are you with me? So he's like, mom, my time has not yet come. And a lot of time we give away to complacency because we think, oh, we're waiting for the time of God. How many of, have you met with people? I'm just waiting for God's time. Sometimes God's time is right around you and you have never even recognized it. We are missing the time. What happens? A baby in the womb and, and, and the baby has finished the nine months of gestation. What happens right after that? You all wait for too long? No. You're worried. Why? Because it's due time. It's about the time that you need to release what is there in your belly. What is there inside of you? Are you with me? There are things that God has placed and planted in your life and it is about time for it to be released in Jesus' name. When we open our mouths, miracles start happening and sometimes it doesn't happen because we have not yet cultivated the habit of calling it out. You and me, we have the power in our tongue. We have the power of Jesus Christ. The word of the Almighty God is in our words. When you call things out, it will come to pass, my friend. I don't know what your situation might look like, but when you declare, miracles will happen around you. Young ones listening to me, we hold on to the promises that our parents have helped us understand. But hey, when life throws you under the best, talk to God. Talk to your situation. Declare the miracles of God around you and you will come out of that. You will see the promiser. The way maker opened doors for you. It's about time. Zionist church and everybody visiting us and all our families from across the world tuning in today. I want to declare in the unction of the Holy Spirit. It is about time. Come on church. Give hands to your neighbor and let them know. Slap them and let them know if they're sleeping. It's about time. Come on Pastor Prince. It's about time. It's about time. Okay, don't, don't be rowdy when you slap one another. <laughs> it's hard to do the damage control after that. <laughs> 
It's about time to see the hand of God. It's about time to get our hands on the working mold. It's about time that we come together as one family. It's about time. Hallelujah. Are you with me? It's about time. How long will you keep saying, I don't think that God's timing is here yet for my life. Some of you all who are single today, I declare it's about time. You are at the right age to get married, please. But please, um, okay, I don't want to stretch on that. It's about time. Let's understand that. Hey, guy, helps the church understand. Understand this. You decide, uh, you decide what is important to you by what you dictate your time to. You decide what is important to you by what you dictate your time to. And it's very easy sometimes as Nehemiah is talking or Ezra or Haggai from the Bees book studies as we read, we understand it's very easy for us to prioritize. And some people are like, God, you know what? I pray when I wake up. I pray when I go to sleep. And my priorities are set, oh Lord. So you are the first when I wake up. You are the first before I sleep so that I may have good sleep, oh Lord. So that you can watch over me and I can be away from every bad dreams. And we have our priorities set. But hey, understand this. Some of us also might be thinking, you know what? You know, God, God you know, my Sundays are completely devoted to you. My priorities are set. Weekly first, you know, I give my first to you alone. But hey, listen to this. You might have your first in your calendar or your schedule as prioritized for God. But what comes after that? We come here for a Sunday morning service, 11 to 1.15, 1 o'clock. We gather together. We have fellowship. We have songs. We have praise and worship. Beautiful. MJ, you know, brings the house down. It's wonderful. But what after that? What after 2 o'clock? What are your priorities? What? So understand this. Whatever you prioritize, it's easy for us to prioritize and let God know, God, you are number one in my life. But what is that number two? What is that number three in our life? Does it contradict to the number one that you have in your life? Are you with me? And sometimes in a Christian life, church is not just on a Sunday morning, three hours we gather together, but it's a weekly, daily, every minute, every second of our life. That when we go out of this space and we work with others, how is your church life, my brother? Oh, I'm waiting to go back to the house of God. I'm waiting to go back to Sunday morning worship to meet my, my brother and my sisters, to worship together. No, when you go out in the workforce, when you go out in your school and colleges, how is your church life? It's easy for us to prioritize. God, Sunday morning, I devote to you. Sunday morning is all about you. When I wake up, the first thing I do is, Lord, I give my 30 seconds of praise and prayer to you. That's it. And before I sleep, oh Lord, I pray. No, yes, that's good that you have given your priorities set there. But what follows after that determines how you are as a child of God or are you building your life as a child of God? The call of Haggai to the church in, uh, or, or, or the people in Israel was that, hey, you know what? Let's come together. It's about time that we get our priorities state, straightened up, that we start building what God has asked us to build. And our call here is to build the temple of God. Let's read. Um, Haggai chapter 1 verse 2 once again. It says, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of God. The key is not to 
pri- prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. Not just to schedule, uh, prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities there. What are we prioritizing today? How is our life? What's on our calendar? What's on our agenda? Is, is Christ just the owner of the three hours of Sunday morning? Or does he have the entire 247 of our life, 365, 366 days of our life? Does he get to own that? A call to our church. The book of Haggai is loud and clear to the New Testament church today. The call for us as a generation awakening here is to realize it's about time to build the house of God. And of course, here in the book of Haggai, it talks about the physical building that they wanted to build in the magnificent you know, rhythm of what Solomon had built once. So that the presence of God will come and dwell with them once again. But in the New Testament, it's not just about the building. Yes, of course, people at our our church, we all know we are on a time crunch right now. Within the next two or three months, we are about to get into a building process. We are moving out of this space. But listen to me, listen to me. It's not just about the physical building. It's not about the wood and the mortar and the tar here. No, it's not about that. It's about our life. And the call for New Testament church today from the book of Haggai, is will you build your life as the temple of God Almighty? What have we prioritized? Let's read. Um, uh, Another question that I want to ask you is, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? Listen to this. When you have given a project to somebody and they have delayed on the work, that it doesn't fit on the timeline that you have given them, you come back to them and like, what have you been up to? Where have you been? Like, Where's your time gone? What have you been doing? That I gave you the resources you need. I gave you everything that you need to build. I have provided all the support that you need to build this together. But what have you been up to? Where are you? And today I pray that this question will resonate in our life. As we go back out out of this service. And I pray this question will resonate and hit us home. Lord will ask us, each one of us, as convicting, what have you been up to what have you been up to i gave you whatever it needs what have you been up to Haggai um, chapter 1 verse 3 Haggai chapter 1 verse 3 is the the story after chapter 1 verse 2 let's see the, then the word of the lord came to prophet Haggai it is a time for you yourself to be living in your paneled homes while this house remains a ruin listen to the cry Listen to the pain and the agony where, you know, uh, Haggai is writing the, 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 and talking to his people that you all live in the palatial homes. You all live in paneled homes. Did you forget of the 50 years that you were under Babylonian captivity? Did you forget that you had no home at all? Did you forget that your opportunities and your amachis had nothing to boast about in their life and they set out this journey to follow Jesus Christ? Did you forget all that? You live in paneled homes when the house of God remains in ruins. A cry. And I pray this story happens around 3,000 plus years ago in the Old Testament. But it is still loud and clear to the New Testament church. It is still clearly spoken out to every single one in this room. That the call is we live in the luxuries of our life. But the question is, is the Lord's house remaining in ruins? And I want to bring your attention to it. It talks about our life today. It talks about our life. Look to yourself. 
that from the outside appearance it may look really good and wonderful. But is it dying and decaying and being in shambles and ruins inside? Ask ourselves. Ask ourselves. The call of God is that we come together to build the house of God. I'm not talking just about this building. Not just talking about this building. Yes, of course, this building plays an important role, role in the life of our church. And I, as I mentioned, we are ready to move out into a new area very soon. We're looking out for properties. We are ready to move out of this location or start building in the next. But it, it talks to us about our personal life. What have you been up to? What have you been up to? Haggai 1 verse 3, then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. It is a time for yourself to be living in the paneled homes, houses. While this house remains a ruin. When, before uh, Israelites went on the Babylonian captivity, their houses were not paneled. Their houses were very low scale. But once they came from the captivity, they sold the houses in Babylon. They sold the houses when they were in exile. And they're like, you know what? The Babylonians can have a paneled home. Why can't we have it? So what did they, what did they do? They took all the resources available... They start building their own homes. Are you with me? Just because of what they saw in Babylon and in the, in the captivity. They started making permanent homes for themselves. Rather than thinking out for God's presence to dwell in our life. Hey, you know what? Listen to me very carefully. When you build God's house, He will build your house. Listen to me very carefully. Under my voice, everybody in different spheres of generation. If you give shoulders to build the house of God, He will build your house, my friend. No matter how financially low you might be, what your bank balance situations might talk to you about, but when you stand shoulder to shoulder and give the strength to build the house of God, He will build yours. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church? I know hundreds of stories of Families and people that I was pastoring in Bangalore, India, that have given to the Lord sacrificially, that have provided their energy, their hours to them. I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about their time, their resources, their energy for the building of not just the building, more to building, but the building of lives together in the church. Are you with me, church? Where have we lost our passion? Let me let, bring your attention. It's about time to realign, to have a revision in God's sight. It's about time. When you build God's house, He will build your house. You can't and you don't have everything to build your own house until you have God Himself stepping into our life. Are you with me? God Himself stepping into our life. Let's, let's look into that portion once again. Haggai chapter 1 verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came to prophet Haggai. It is a time for yourself to be living in paneled home. While this house remains a ruins. Have your priorities straightened. It's always kingdom first. CK first. The kingdom of the Lord. And everything. All these things. That we are worrying about. Will be added on to you. But where have you lost our priorities? We are worrying about all of the add-ons that we have lost our priority on God. Don't worry about the add-ons. When it has to happen, it will happen in your life. Worry about the kingdom of God. Be a kingdom couple. Be a kingdom family. Be a kingdom single person in God's sight. When you do that, when you are in that attitude, God will never forget you and leave you. He will be there to build your house. 
let's look into the aspect of what happened when they lost their priorities. What happened when they lost to their priorities? I'm going to read from Haggai chapter uh, 1, verse 5 and 6, and then chapter um, verse 10 and 11. Let's read it together. If you have your Bibles that charge you or the Bibles, you know, that you have to charge up, whatever Bibles you have, please turn with me. Haggai chapter 1 or... You can look at the screen too. Haggai chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thoughts to your ways. Number one, give careful thoughts to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. Anybody in that situation? That you eat a lot of things, you know, but you're never, you're never, in, it's never enough. You... Sometimes I feel like my son, he doesn't eat any, any good food, food, right? But if you provide any chips and salsa, he can go on and on. I'm like, where is it going? What's wrong with this guy? When we give him good food, chore and mean curry, mm-mm, no. You have planted much. Listen, verse 6, you have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Anybody else in that situation? Like you, you work hard. Come on, I see a few hands and people are smiling. You work hard. You do all it needs for you to have a good life. You work 40 hours straight and there are people here who work two jobs. 80 hours straight. But still, we put on all the savings in a bag filled with holes in it. Why? Because we have lost our priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all else will be added unto you. We have lost it. We go behind everything else and then we come back to the kingdom. It doesn't happen that way. When we lose our priorities from God, all of these things that Haggai is mentioning happens in our life. Because we are never satisfied. The, the, the entire scriptures here talk to us about we are never satisfied in what you do just by yourself. When you have left the kingdom of God away, we are never satisfied. You might be in a relationship, but you are not satisfied. You're married, you have children, you're not satisfied. You have homes, but you're not satisfied. You have five, six bedrooms, but still not satisfied. You have cars lined up, all kinds, not still satisfied. Why? Because we have lost the kingdom priorities in our life. The call of Haggai to the New Testament church today, and under my voice, everybody who is listening to me right now or later on, in any social media outlet you listen, the call is very straight. Do not lose your priorities. It's always kingdom first. Build the house of God. Build the house of God. And as I help our church understand, it's not just the building, it's our personal life. New Testament calls that you are the temple of God. And the Spirit of God liveth in you. You are the temple of God. Take importance of our personal devotions. Take importance of our personal Christianity. Take importance of personal Christ-following life. As we move forward, we have to understand when your hard work goes in vain. Listen to this. When your hard work goes in vain, when all that you do and somebody else gets the credit, listen to this. There is somewhere you have lost the priority. Let it be an alarm that goes off in your life. Let you know, come back to the house of God. Let us build our life together. It's always good to have a revision. The reason why it's good to have a revision is because when we have straightened out the vision at first um, and we work towards it, life happens, situations come. And because life happens and situations come, 
uh, you know, we, we, we lose the track of where we were heading to. We lose the track of what needs to be accomplished in our life. And that's when we gather together and we have a, we, we revise, we have a revision. The revision is about the revisitation of God's Spirit, which leads us to repentance and transformation. Listen to this. The revision is about a revisitation of God's Spirit, which leads us into repentance and transformation. And all of us in this room, I'm sure that we had an, a personal encounter with God many days ago, many months ago, or perhaps just 30 minutes ago during our worship. That's not enough. We got to have a personal encounter. We got to have a revisitation of God every single moment of our life that we are connected with Him. All the moment of our life. Are you with me? Praise. Are you with me? That every single moment of our life we connect. The, the, the revision is about the revisitation of God's Spirit, which leads to number one, repentance. A Christian life should have a heart of repentance. The God, I committed what I committed, but here I am to declare that all my life is yours. And I repent, O Lord. Number two, it's about transformation. From repentance, it follows to transformation. That I no longer live in my old ways. I come back to the house of God and I make sure my life, this temple is built in the right way that can host the presence of Almighty God. And that's the goal as a child of God. That's the goal as a Christian that we declare under every walk of our life, God, in everything that I do, I declare that my house will host the presence of God. Are you a carrier of God's presence? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? When people walk in, we, we light up candles. Perhaps when you walked into this room, you might have seen a lot of candles in our hallway. Why? Because we want to make sure that y'all stay here for some time. When some guests come to our houses, what we do? We light up candles. Why? So that there's a fragrance around that fills in our room. Why? Because the, we want to make sure that the guest is feeling welcomed in our area. Can God inhabit on our, in our life? Does that give the aroma for His presence? Our praises are the seed throne of God. So we make a seed throne. We make a throne on our praises. So is our life hosting the presence of God? It's a call of Haggai to build the house of God. The call of Haggai to build the temple of God. Today it's a call to the New Testament church and everybody seated here. It's about time we look into ourselves. It's about time that we understand where we have gone wrong and we come back. God, kingdom first. You are number one in my life. When we look into Haggai chapter 1, I'm going to wind up with this. Haggai chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 talks about, Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. Listen to this. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the message of the Lord to the people. And today I'm just going to paraphrase that, 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 that words. And I'm going to then Justin, the Lord's messenger, gave the message of the Lord to the people at Zion. And I count myself as a voice heard in this generation. As a prophet anointed in this generation, I call people out in Jesus' name and let you know that then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the message of the Lord to the people. Number one, I am with you. I know you can't do it by my yourself. Your strength cannot. You are weak, my friend. That's where the Lord helps us to understand. I am with you. Did you forget who, who brought you out of Egypt? 
Did you forget who brought you out of Babylon in captivity? Did you forget your past experiences? It was I who led you to the Red Sea. It was I who has given you the victory. It was I who has given you all this. It is I am the Lord declaring, I am with you. I am with you. You want to build a house of God? You know you don't have the resources. That's okay. Come back and let me know. Come back to the house and let us know. God, I want to do it. I don't have the abilities. I am weak. Lost in my sinful world. But I need the help of Holy Spirit to build this life. And that's where you will hear this word hit home right now. That I am the Lord with you. My friend, family, husbands in this room, you might have failed a lot of times trying by your own efforts, but here is the message of the Lord. I am the Lord strengthening you today. I am with you. To have the confidence of the God who says, I am the I am. What are you going through? Do you have a sickness in your life? He is Jehovah Rapha. Do you need something to be provided in your life? He is Jehovah Jireh. Come on, somebody. He's the everlasting father, the hope of glory, the soon coming king. And he says, I am with you. Do not worry about your opposition. Your opposition is your greatest opportunity. You might be going through whatever it is, my friend. Your opposition is the greatest opportunity God has given in your life. So people might have accused you of a lot of things and you might hold grudges against them. You know what? Drop it today and let God know, God, I'm coming by because I want to build my life. I want to build this temple so that this can be the house of the living God. Can we all rise up in God's house today? To build the house of God. The call of Haggai is to build the house of God. Submit ourselves. That we declare, Lord, here I am to surrender. Here I am to declare. Because I believe, God, that you are all, and you are all that I need in my life. Build my life, O oh Lord. Build my life, O oh Lord. Verse 14, it says, So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and the spirit of Joshua, the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord, their God. Number one, they had repentance. When they had repentance, God said, I am with you. And then the Spirit of the Lord stirred up their life. You know, when things happen in your life, ask the Lord to stir up your soul once again. To give you and empower you that you get to do things that would seem to be impossible in our life. Every eye closed under my voice as we meditate on the words that we heard today. It's the call and it's about time to build. It is about time and for everybody under my voice from Zion Church, I declare in the name of Jesus, it's about time for a building. It's about time for a spiritual house. It's about time that we build it together. And everybody here from different places that you have gathered, it's about time that we build together the kingdom of God. That this house will host the presence of living God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.